from Hamster Wheel Publishing. This is Freewheeling. The show that answers your questions about veterinary business and leadership. With me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Welcome to episode one of Freewheeling. Uh, which is really a show where you just get to ask questions about veterinary leadership or management or just life in veterinary practice in general. And I will do my best to give you something of a, an answer which will add value to you, I think. Um, and what's in it for you apart from the value of the answer? Well, if you have a question that's featured on the show, so I'm going to do one of these a week. We've got a backlog now because we ran a competition on Instagram and on my Facebook page. Um, both of those are like Instagram.com or Facebook.com forward slash Dr. Dave Nickel, D-R-D-E-A, start again, D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L, just to show you don't edit all of the missteps out. And so... If we feature one of them on the show, then you may either, you can have a copy of one of the two books that I have produced into the veterinary management space. So you can either have a copy of So You're a Vet and Now What, uh, which is my second book, which is just released, or you can have a copy of uh, the first one, which was The Yellow Pages Are Dead, which is about marketing your veterinary practice in the digital age, which I published in 2011. So everyone who sends in a question that gets featured will get one of those um emailed out to them courtesy of me with my thanks um, for for sending that in so let's get cracking so this is like the short form podcast which means i'm not going to take up like an entire hour and a bit of your life um unlike when blunt dissection this is like shorter it's punchier just give you some actionable content uh the the you know, action points that you can put into practice for you based on real life scenarios and challenges that you are facing so if you have a problem email the problem in um you can e email them to hello at drdavenickel.com you can hit me up on twitter instagram or facebook um or video them in even better you know send in your own audio or video and i will edit that into this uh podcast which is also going to go out as a short youtube show as well so, episode one, let's get stuck into the question for today. And the question um, we got scrolling through there is the Instagram post where a bunch of people sent me some amazing questions. So, thank you to Jas Glan V or Jas Glan v. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit your question first. And so, the question is, what are the three top pieces of advice or rules for a vet hoping to open their vet practice within the UK? Um, okay, so and honestly, I think we can we can probably say these rules are going to be global rules of business. So they're going to be applicable for whether you are in the UK or wherever you are on planet Earth. And I think um, number one rule is really sit down with yourself and ask yourself, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? You know, and the rest of your life might not be forever that's kind of a final thing to say isn't it but maybe it's the next five to ten years um, because if you're going to open your practice and i'm going to come at this from the opening your practice from the ground up so you're starting with a building with zero clients zero revenue um, then you are going to have to work for a considerable amount of time and work very very hard in order to make money or to see your dream realized um, so 
um, my first thing or my first thought is think really hard about whether you're you're completely committed to this because if you're not completely committed to this it's going to turn from a dream into a nightmare very very quickly um, and so I think you need to need to be absolutely certain that you want to do this and how do you get absolutely certain that you want to do it I would put yourself in a position where you're managing somebody else's business first. Um, so I would look for a role where you got to flex your leadership muscles, not just your clinical muscles. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is that they dive in um, having worked and said, look, I can do this because I am a good vet. So I can generate caseload, which means I can generate money. And that works to a certain extent. But it doesn't guarantee you happiness um, because the phrase that I, I, I say sort of tongue-in-cheek but, you know, funny, not funny, is veterinary medicine would be easy if it wasn't for all the goddamn people. And that, that, that is completely true because once you are running a business, it's, you know, it's as, as much, if not more so, about the people. And that means the clients, so the people are going to pay your bills and also your team, uh, the people you're going to pay. And you have to be able to navigate those two uh, groups of people successfully. So if, you don't, if you're not absolutely certain that that is a skill set you have, then I strongly advise you as point one, that's your start point. Go work for somebody else, even if it's for six months or a year. Because if you do that and you find it sucks, then you have failed small. In fact, you've not failed at all. You've just found out some awesome information that saved you a bunch of money and saves you from making a mistake um, before you weighed in. So first rule is fail small and, and drill what we call a test well. Rule number two, if you're going to open from scratch, you've got to do your homework. So I would suggest that you work out, um, first of all, what your practice, why, like who are your customers? Where are they going to come from? Like if you want to open up near your home and there's 10 other vets and they've got the market covered from, you know, low end, low cost up to high end, high cost, and you think you're going to open doors and then suddenly attract clients, then you, my friend, you have a problem um, because the market is saturated and you're going to have a slog to get clients. Uh, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be expensive to acquire clients. And if you're setting up, that's, you know, you have no money when you're setting up or you're spending somebody else's money. Um, and so, you know, your cash flow is tight. Cash is absolutely everything, um, particularly when you're setting up your own business. Um, you're likely to be doing it somewhat on a budget. You'll be able to get some money, but, you know, the marketing side of it, you're going to be bootstrapping. Um, you know, you're going to be running as lean as you can to start with in order to conserve cash, which is going to conserve your ability to stay in the game long enough to acquire enough clients that you're actually going to become profitable. Um, so how do you do that? Well, if you find a location you think might suit, I would, um, I think I would have, let me flip that backwards. To find a location that would suit, I think you're looking for an area that is poorly serviced by the existing veterinary community. Now, that does not mean has no vets, but it might mean has vets that are not doing a good job or not aiming at the bit of the market you're aiming at or are maybe about to be taken over by corporate because oftentimes those practices will hemorrhage clients. Um, so it doesn't mean no vets, 
but you have to know your competition very, very seriously. If there's a monopoly in an area, that's an interesting thing to look at because um, monopolies are ripe for, for knocking off with, uh, with a different product or service offering. Um, you know, that's how Pepsi got started. Um, you know, there was a monopoly in the soft drinks, and so they were offering something a little different. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to knock the other person out of business. Coca-Cola still exists, right? Coca-Cola is a market leader. Um, but it does mean that you're, there's an opportunity for you to carve out market share. I think that's kind of awesome. Um, so look at the area, look at the clients that you want to service and have an idea. Like, what is it you want to offer clients and what are clients likely to pay for? Is that, this thing is that Venn diagram. It's this really cool Venn diagram, which is there are four quadrants and in, in the, the, there are four circles in the Venn diagram. And one of them is, what skills do you have? Uh, and then the second one is uh, what are you passionate about? What do you really love doing? And the third one is what do people want or need? And then the fourth one is what will they pay for? And you're looking really for the over the, the intersection of all of those things is your sweet spot. That's if you're working in that spot, then you're likely to be have a very very uh, happy career. And luckily, veterinary medicine ticks quite a lot of those boxes once we've gotten hold of the soft skills. So. We've got to think about what people want. If what you want to deliver is high-end medicine and you find an area with no vets, but there's no vets because there's no money, then you're going to have a hard time setting up there. Um, so let's assume you find an area you want to practice quality medicine. You've done, and and you can go online. There's there's demographic surveying tools around. Uh, like if you're in Australia, the information is freely available from the government. Um, if you are in the UK, then companies like Experian have databases like Mosaic where you can buy that information. I'm sure that Experian are active in the US as well. So all of this information is available either freely or relatively inexpensively. And frankly, you don't even need to go to those lengths. Like if you found an area, just go hang out there, speak to the locals, find out where are the good parts of town, find out where the bad parts of town, get yourself on the ground and go speak to people who might be your customers. That's gonna be your best, most accurate source of information. Um, and you start getting to know them right away, okay? So work out if there's people that will pay for the thing you want to, to, to deliver. And then the next thing I think is really important um, if you're choosing a location is then, um, you know, how do people get to you? Um, you know, what are the traffic flows like? And how is it uh, uh, they're going to access your service? Do you have a car park? Like car parking is such a huge deal. Um, so zero car parking, like if you have a competitor who has a car park and you have none, you've got a problem um, because people are going to go for the convenience of the car park every time, okay? You're going to have to be so much better at something else to compensate for a lack of a car park. So I think that's super important as well. Um, uh, so know your area, get to know your customers. I think that's the next thing. And then the third thing is, how are you going to be different from everybody else? Like, what is going to be your point of differentiation? Because just being a vet, and opening your door doesn't cut it anymore. Like once upon a time, like in James Herriot days, there was a local monopoly. Anybody could put a brass plaque in front of a door and people would come in because there wasn't choice. Now they have choice. So how do you differentiate yourself in a world of choice? Are you going, is it going to, like there are three classic areas where people differentiate and it's going to be cost or it's going to be um, 
like absolute quality product or it's going to be service that you're offering. So, and, and I think within those things, then you can look at subclassifying those areas. So if you're going to be cheap or, or you're going to be low cost, is it, are you going to be low cost or are you just going to make it affordable for people to pay? Like, so is, is there some form of financial wizardry that you can pull that makes you very different to every other practice in town? That's where health plans came from um, originally. Um, uh, was the ability to change the financial model of how people paid for veterinary practice. So that was a USP. Now everyone does them, not so much. Um, quality is the one that a lot of vets would focus on. So I'm going to offer great quality medicine. And of course that's important, but clients have no idea what great quality medicine looks like compared to poor quality medicine, as long as the line of sutures looks good. Um, so really the area we competed on the most was service. And so you know, out-servicing or um, out-doing your competition in creating a, a service offering that clients could um, uh, see was different uh, has been the mainstay of veterinary competition um, for the last decade or two. And I still think there's a lot of room in the market there. Like we, we have evolving technologies available to us now. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity to redefine what veterinary service looks like um, for new entrants into the market. Um, so there are some thoughts for you. So I think those would be my three things. One, get absolutely down and dirty with the thought that you want to be in business because business uh, is great fun, but it's not always sexy. It's not always fun. In fact, quite a lot of time, it sucks. Like there will be times when you are just on your knees your eyes are bleeding, you feel like you've been, you know, you've had your ass kicked around, you've been beaten up by life, and you just have to pick yourself up and go again. In those moments, you have to have a strong why, like, why am I doing this? What is my objective here? Because if you don't have a strong why, then in those moments, you're going to think like, this is too hard, um, I'm going to give up. And so one of my whys, I'll share this with you, one of my whys, Aside from, you know, wanting to have a nice roof over my head and to be able to provide for my family, like that's probably a why for everybody else. But you could have that why for any job. Like why put your head above the parapet, strap on your armor and, and become a business person or an entrepreneur um, is because either you want more freedom uh, in your life. And, and that's certainly true for me. Um, but also... Um, I would like to build a Spitfire from the ground up. Like as an aircraft, I have huge appreciation for for the impact it made in the World War. It effectively won the Battle of Britain and secured Britain's um, you know, safety and, and prevented us from getting invaded. It was certainly a big part of that. It is a such a beautiful, iconic designed aircraft and I'm kind of a plane nerd in any case. And so I would like to, to build one um, from the ground up and and then take flying lessons and fly that over the you know the chalk cliffs of the southern counties of England. Um, now, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need a bit of money to do that. Like, so I don't want money for money's sake. It's never been about that. But I would like it for the experience of that. And so, actually, one of the things I have here, and let me, and, and for the podcast, this is not going to work. But for you guys on the video, I have a picture up on my wall. You see it there? Of a Spitfire. And so when I'm writing and when I'm feeling a bit tired and when I feel like, oh, do I have to do another bit of work or, you know, what have I got to do? You know, I remind myself that that's one of my objectives. And so uh, I find that very um, motivating. So what is your why? Why do you want to do it? Um, and, you, you know, 
just as an aside to that, like you could choose to do anything to make money, right? But the other why that motivates me is I just want to help people and I freaking love this profession. Like I feel very um, blessed and grateful um, that I was able to enter it and I've worked hard within it and it's been good to me. And so I want to give back and and help people as well. Uh, But I have to charge for that. Like, I'd love to do it for nothing. Uh, And at some point in my future, I probably will. But right now, I need to put a roof over my head for my family. And I need to save some money to be able to build my Spitfire at some point. So there you go. That's my why. So there are my three things. Think really hard about why you want to do it. Really hard about that. And if the answer is no, I don't want to do this really, don't do it. Just work for a manager for a year, work it out. Number two, plan where you're going to be. Match up your service offering with clients who will actually want to pay for that. And then part three is work on your, it's called a USP, unique selling proposition. How will you differentiate yourself in the market? There you go. That's what I got for you. Um, So I hope that was useful. If it was, please leave me some comments in the the feedback box um, below the video right there or after the podcast um and let me know if you enjoyed this um they're going to be like 15 minutes long and that is it so until next time be safe be well be happy and i'll see you in the next podcast dave out thank you for listening to that episode of freewheeling i hope you enjoyed it if you did leave me a rating or review on itunes that'd be much appreciated now if you want to have your question answered Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. It's at Dr. Dave Nicol. That's D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L. I'll see you in the next episode.